Hey Connected fam, so this episode the audio is going to be a little dodgy for 8 minutes but just stick through because the rest of the episode the mic was selected on my preferences so yes, hold through to the 8 minutes it will be very soft audio but then it goes back to the typical loud me so, sorry Hi everyone and welcome for another episode of the Connected Adventist Podcast My name is Catalina and I am your host. I have no idea if last week's intro was very similar to that, but um, I am doing a live episode this week again, so I will see how I go with time because it is kind of intimidating in its own little way to be recording the podcast live in front of a camera. Um, But just a reminder that if any of you guys do want to join in on the live, you're more than welcome to. Make sure to follow our Instagram account our Instagram. Make sure to follow my Instagram account for the Connected Adventist podcast. And yeah, when I get lives, you'll get notifications. So at the moment, I have Brittany and Luke joining on the live. Why, hello there. Um, Brittany has her own ministries. So she has the Real Talk podcast. Correct me if I'm wrong, Brittany, while you're on here. Um, and yeah, they've just been working. They started off working through uh, the teens Sabbath school and now they're going, uh, they're working through Adventist home. Um, and talking about really like quite relational, um, stuff on their podcast. So it's really worth listening, um, cause they do share some really cool uh, concepts and just experience. Um, they share a little bit of what's going on in their lives. All right. So today we're going to talk about baptism and I'm going to make the connection. It's going to, let me tell you right now, it's going to be one of those podcasts where there's going to be so much stuff in this that I actually don't know what the actual purpose of this particular episode is going to be. I feel like everyone's going to take away a lot of different things from this episode, just because I'm going to touch on like probably three main things. But I'm going to talk about baptism, and that is just because I've been very reflective the last probably two weeks on baptism, because my daughter's made a decision to be baptized over the weekend. So we've just been, that conversation at home um, and in my prayers has been very much centered around baptism. But then I also want, want to talk a little bit, and just briefly, I guess of what marriage looks like and paralleling the commitment of baptism to marriage, because yesterday I celebrated 18 years of marriage which means I have been with my husband for 23 years and I'm only 37. So the bulk of my life has been in a covenant agreement, you could say, with another person. And I feel like a lot of what marriage looks like is very similar to what baptism can look like in terms of what our relationship with Christ can look like at times. Um, So I'll be doing a little bit of that. And then we're going to have a look, like, look, we're going to talk a little bit about um, rebaptism and the applications of why we tend to consider rebaptism, why people should be rebaptized, and all those sort of things. So anyway, so let's get into the first bit, which is baptism. So my daughter's made a decision to be baptized, and they've been wanting to get baptized, to be totally honest, probably for like, it's going on to like three years now. And we've kind of had to navigate that conversation for various reasons in almost a little bit of hesitance. My husband, he was baptized when he was quite young and he honestly kind of regrets that because he said he didn't quite fully understand the context of the commitment that he was making. And then I myself was baptized when I was 16 and I don't think I totally understood the context of what it was either. And now as a 37 year old, I'm kind of like, 
wow, making that decision like in my 30s would look so different to the decision that I made when I was 16. And then again, it would look so different to what my husband, um, my husband's decision looked like when he was, I think, 12 or 10 around that, that sort of age. Um, and so because of that, we've tried not to filter our daughter's decision through our experience, maybe through our regrets or maybe like hindsight. And because of that, like we've just been really like, we almost have felt like when we've had these conversations with our daughters about their decision to be baptized, we've almost wanted to say nothing because we didn't want to bring our own biases and prejudices and yeah, I guess all our stuff into this conversation and maybe in our own way, try and make this conversation be about, do you maybe want to wait a few more years? Do you want to make this decision later on? Like if there was anything that maybe we wanted to do was to make them wait a bit longer, just to make sure that the decision was really sincerely theirs and that they completely understood the context of what baptism means. But at the same time, like, We've had, we've known people who have wanted to be baptized really young. And I'm talking about like eight. Uh, We've had some other people that we know that wanted to be baptized around 10. And for one reason or another, um, we're getting to the political stuff, but they weren't baptized. And we've seen their life, the way it played itself out. And honestly, it became a very destructive path or it may have just been a path that you know and some of them have told us like they're adults like full-grown adults now some of them have told us you know what we wish we had been allowed to be baptized when we were young because when I experienced the rejection it really the rejection of not being approved or allowed to make a decision at that young age um they have said to us that they have felt that that was where their faith journey shifted. Things changed. And so I have, I also have those experiences in the back of my mind. And I have always said to people, look, as much as I hope and pray that my daughters completely understand the commitment that was made last Sabbath, at the same time, if I have to choose a mistake to be made, I would rather for that mistake to be that they were baptized too young than to feel like they weren't allowed. And I'm saying allowed with emphasis because, you know, whatever, it's it's a church thing. Um, Then them being not allowed to be baptized because of whatever. Um, And then them living their lives with this idea of I wasn't allowed to be baptized, I had to wait. So I'd rather err on that side of getting them baptized earlier. Now I'm getting calls. Okay, I'm going to talk to the Instagram people. So last week, it is so hot where I live that last week's Instagram live, so it shut off because my phone overheated. So this room is extremely hot. Um, I have my fan on, but I can only have it on low because of the mic. It picks up, I swear it picks up the fan in like a house that's like three kilometers away from us. I mean, it just picks up so much stuff. So I can only put it on one, which is still not that warm. I mean, not that cool, so it's still quite warm in here. But anyway, so hopefully this live won't, my phone won't overheat. Um, Now I've lost where I was. So anyway, so that's where we've been at. So we've been having those discussions with our daughters. And yeah, again, we've just sort of sat with it and hope that it is the best decision and that they have completely understood. Okay, so Luke's telling me we've lost audio on Instagram. 
it could be you. Let's just say it's you. No, I had someone made a someone called, so it disrupted the audio. I'm hoping you'll get back. If not, you can just look at me and and try and guess what I'm saying. Um, so we've we've been navigating through that of like like really trying to prompt in our girls. Hey, do you know what this means? And what does this signify? And what does this mean to you? Like just really trying to get how they comprehended and how they understood all of that. And so as we've done that, you know, we've never really had to be in a position. And and I personally wouldn't do it to anyone else's children. Like if, if someone else's child made a decision to be baptized, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be voting for you. Like I'd be like cheering you on. But I feel like as a parent... I wanted to make sure that the girls completely understood what this all meant and what this all signified. I, I yeah, I felt it as 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 an obligation as a parent to make sure that they understood this in as full of a context as possible. All right, that's better. Okay, sorry, podcast fam. You guys are going to get some dodgy audio this week because I didn't realize that I wasn't recording through my road mic, so you were getting my inbuilt mic which probably sounded really bad but anyway from here on we will continue at better audio quality um so okay so so we did those we had those conversations we made sure that they understood like biblical understanding and so as we sort of went through that process I think we I think we were overcautious in just making sure that they were making the right decision. But at the same time, like I said, I felt it was an obligation as a parent to make sure that my children understood what was going on and how profound and how yeah, how profound this whole celebration and commitment really meant. Now, I believe that when we place this application on adults so as we take this from what we've just experienced with our children when we take this and put it in an application that is more applicable to adults I think the responsibility is still there for us to really make sure that the candidates the people that are wanting to be baptized also have a clear understanding of what this commitment really means um in, in the essence of, hey, why are we partaking of this? And what is, what, is, what is the purpose of this? There's a lot of people. So as I've sort of done, you know, Bible working and all that kind of stuff, there have been people who have been really hesitant to be baptized. There's been a lot of pushback on baptism. And whenever I have the, the conversations with these people who don't want to get baptized, and again, it's not because I was, you know, like trying to prompt them to be baptized. It was just purely conversation came up and this is how we were having the conversation. Um, there was many reasons why they were hesitant on baptism. One of the biggest hesitations was that many of them had already been baptized. And so they didn't really see any point or any need in uh, being baptized again. And because of that, then we sort of would have the conversation of, you know, well, why would you want to be rebaptized? What is the purpose? Is there any biblical evidence to be rebaptized? And all those sort of things. And so then we have those conversations. But I will say honestly, within Adventism, one of the biggest hesitations of why people don't want to be baptized is probably for two reasons. One, 
it's a big commitment to make a to make a decision to be part of a denomination, whatever denomination that is. Um, to 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 make a commitment, which means that you are now identify as that particular denomination, does come with a lot of. I'm gonna say baggage. Um, and because of that, not many people want to make that commitment. And then secondly, not only is there this idea of baggage that comes with identifying with a particular denomination, but secondly, there is this idea of within Adventism, and again, it's it's an application within Adventism. However, most denominations have baptismal vows. Most denominations have a list of things um, that you are publicly agreeing to or saying that you are convicted that that is what you want to be part of so within adventism we have very distinct baptismal vows and because of those baptismal vows or statements of faith where we are saying that yes i agree to this because of that you will find that um People don't want to make a commitment to be baptized within Adventism because there is statements of faith that are attached to that commitment. Now, for for those who don't know, that there's a list of um, things that are very specific to Adventism. So because of that, I actually have no idea if this live is still going because of the interruption. Anyway, we'll just see how that all goes. So because there's a distinct profession of faith within Adventism, which identify people as Adventist, and trust me, you get it with all denominations. Every denomination has distinct beliefs that are what identify them as their own particular group. Um, So apostolics have their distinct beliefs. Uh, You have the, the standard Pentecostal evangelicals who have their own very distinct beliefs. You have um, Baptists who have their own. So everyone has that. It's not so much that the distinct beliefs are maybe what will cause for some hesitation among people, but rather it's just this idea of like, hey, are we ready to make that um, our very public identity? So as, so going on with this whole baptism thing. So I have had this discussion with so many people. And as I have been studying the Bible with people, I have also had to address this idea of baptism within Adventism and then a baptism into Christ. And I will honestly say that as I have studied my Bible and as I have been interacting with people, I wish within Adventism that there was a distinction between baptism into Christ and church membership. So what I mean by that is within Adventism, it's it's a two-in-one deal. So you are baptized in an Adventist church by an Adventist minister and you by default become a Seventh-day Adventist member. Now, I have had people who have wanted to be baptized and to come into Christ who have repented of their sins and who sincerely have fallen in love with the gospel. And they want to be baptized. They want to give their life to Christ, but they don't want to be a Seventh-day Adventist or identify as a Seventh-day Adventist, or they might not completely believe in these distinct um, foundational beliefs of Adventism they're not ready to commit to all of those for whatever reason and I'll be totally honest for some people it's just like I just don't want to live my life like that like I don't want to 
I'm, I'm happy doing my life as it is at this stage. I'm, I just, I'm not ready to give 100% into those distinct um, beliefs. And then you get other groups who were just like straight down, like, I just don't believe it. Like, I don't agree with it. I don't believe in it. Um, I'm not convicted through the word that that's what God wants, but I still want to be baptized into Christ. And so we put, we place ourselves in a really difficult position because there are people that want to come to Christ who have no way of coming to Christ, but maybe they've been attending the Seventh-day Adventist church. Maybe they've been doing Bible studies with Seventh-day Adventists, and that's the only connection that they have to a church, a denomination, to a pastor, a minister. And because we do a two for the price of one deal, they they automatically aren't baptized by us because they don't they aren't ready to be Seventh-day Adventists. And so I feel like that that really places us in a position in which not that it makes it harder for people to be baptized, but I feel like a lot of people will have to wait to be baptized because they have to try and find someone else who's willing to baptize them. That isn't the particular people that they're with currently because the only people that they know are Seventh-day Adventists and in order to be baptized, the Seventh-day Adventists won't do it kind of thing. So that's one thing that I really wish we could address as a church, as a denomination, giving people the ability to be baptized into Christ, to be forgiven for their sins, to be cleansed, and to be given an opportunity to be born again. That I feel is very, that I believe is very different to, hey, I've accepted biblical truth and I accept the Sabbath and I accept the state of the dead. I don't know, like I, I see through the scriptures that Jesus was constantly calling people to repentance for their sins rather than a repentance of wrong theology, if that makes any sense. And yes, I get it. There, there are definitely some applications and some um, evidence of that within the Gospels of Jesus calling people to a right theology. But when I see it in the context of be baptized, it always was applicable in connection with repentance and that's what I feel like that's that's the sincerity of being born again is repenting of sins repenting of a life that was lived outside of God's will and coming into this new experience that is filled with the Holy Spirit that calls us to follow Christ um, more closely and to live for him and I feel that that is very separate and very different to do you believe in the state of the dead? Do you believe in the health message? Um, yeah, I, I feel like that that's this. So you have like it's like truth versus born again. Like it's it feels like there's two different concepts. It's, it's two different stages of our spiritual walk. There, there's a stage where we want to be born again. And there's a stage where we're just being exposed to the beauty of new truth. However that comes, whether you were, you know, let's say a Baptist for the for your entire life. And now you've come to accept that the Bible shows even more deeper truths than what you have seen through the Baptist church. And as a result, you're coming to this understanding of biblical truth through Adventism that now you're like, yes, I want to accept that. I, I feel like that's very different to, I want to be born again. I want to be saved, which is more what is based around 
the gospel and and being wanting to be baptized and repenting for your sins. So that's that. Now, in the context of marriage, and this is where I wanted to tie in and bring in marriage. So I can tell you in the 18 years of marriage, our marriage has looked very different um, from, you know, everyone jokes and they was like, oh, you know, has the honeymoon finished or, you know, the honeymoon doesn't last forever. And there's all these ideas of like a change in the commitment, a change in the relationship, a change in the love that is experienced or demonstrated or felt or whatever it is. There's, there's a change where things aren't as sweet as what they used to be or, you know, everyone's not as romantic as, as it used to be or as thoughtful and then everything gets really domesticated. I believe that within the religious, spiritual context of baptism that there is also a shift in what our commitment will look like. I know for me personally, there was a stage in my walk where I just wanted to be fed, like, Christianity and faith to me meant it was just a gaining of knowledge, um, learning about the Bible, learning the books of the Bible, learning the characters, like the main characters in the Bible, um, learning from Jesus' example. Like I was just growing in knowledge and that knowledge, honestly, to be totally honest, to be totally honest with you, it wasn't transformative. It was just a lot of information. And, and it was information that I was like, it was a privilege to be able to see that information, especially through um, the Adventist context. Um, so there was that stage. And, you know, if, if we make that into like a relationship, it's when you're learning about someone, you're getting to, you're meeting them and you're understanding them and you're getting to know them deeper and what they like and what they don't like and um, the things that are their interests and all that kind of stuff. And then there comes a point where you like fall in love with that person. There comes a point where like, you're like, wow, this person is just like, wow. Like I, I want to live the rest of my life with this person. For me, that's, that's very much how my faith journey has been. It went from a whole bunch of knowledge to finally getting to this point where I was like, wow, I actually really love this information. Like it, it's, it's impacting my life in a really profound way. And then there was this point where it's like, okay, you know, many people like within Christianity call it this first love. They, they talk about this concept of um, the first love that we had for Jesus and how, you know, it, it, it what, do, what do I say? I, I never say it because I'm just like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that, but that's fine. Oh, I think it's like, you lost your first love. That's the one. You lost your first love. And I, I, okay, so I, I, when I hear you lost your first love, it's very much like what I hear when people say within marriage, we fell out of love. And I don't think that it's always that we fell out of love, but rather love looks very different. And it's this more domesticated interaction with people where you're just doing life. You're just functioning. Um, you're being companions to each other rather than this, highly emotional like roller coaster of highs and lows and infatuation and things like that so within marriage marriage changes and has different seasons but if we don't understand that those seasons are still like based around the principle of love if we don't understand that and again don't get me wrong 
I also believe that their marriages become unhealthy and marriages become something that is just, it, there's just nothing pleasant about it. So I totally get that. But at the same time, I think the majority of the time, marrying ma- many marriages, it's simply there's a shift. There's a change. It's, it's a different season. You know, people look at the seasons and, and I... I used to really like winter, but then I realized I don't really like winter. I prefer summer if I had to pick it. Um, but it's just different seasons. It's not probably not so much that winter is better and summer is is worse or vice versa, but rather there's just different advantages to the different seasons. And I think marriage is the same. There's different advantages to different seasons. Um, the beginning of my marriage looks very different to what it does now 18 years down the track. Does it mean that it was better or that it's worse? I'd, I refuse to let myself to think in those types of um, standards or give it that that metric to, to see what a marriage should look like or what a marriage should be. But rather, I understand it's a different season. I can't compare winter to summer because there's different, there's different pros and cons to both. So within baptism... I honestly believe it's very much the same. I think it's not so much that we lose our first love, but rather that our love looks a different way. Now, even in saying that, I still believe that there are principles of this first love that should continue to remain, that we should be dedicated to nurturing and cultivating within our spiritual walk, which are things like spending time with God. Now, that spending time with God may look very different. Maybe at the beginning of your journey, it was reading your Bible like for three hours every day or um, waking up at two o'clock and reading your Bible because you just couldn't get enough of it. 18 years down the track, it might not be the same, but I still think it's crucial to dedicate time with God, to spend time with God. Maybe it's no longer three hours that you spend reading your Bible. Maybe you're only at this stage, you know, doing like reading a passage and having like 10 minutes reflection. Um, I think the essence of the applications of each principle should still remain, but they may look different. And that doesn't mean that you don't love God as much as you did when you used to read your Bible three hours. It just simply means that your life is reflecting the way that it looks now like maybe now you have kids maybe now you're married you used to spend three hours when you were single Um, maybe you worked different hours when you first became a Christian and now you're working much heavier like longer hours and it's a heavier job and so you're more tired than what you were when you began your Christian journey or whatever it is you know I feel we have to always look at the seasons for what they bring the advantages that they bring, the positives that they bring, but also be aware of the negative that comes with those seasons. Yeah, maybe as you get older, now you have a now you have a spouse and now you have kids. And so that quiet time just isn't there like it used to be. So how can you navigate that? How can you deal with that? And how can you still make time for the priorities of spending time with God, of being in service to others, of corporate worship, of um, stillness um, in God's presence. How can you still fit that in even though the season is very different? Um, maybe it's a winter season now and yeah, it still comes with, with its advantages, but it may be very different to what your summer looked like. Um, so that's that. Your seasons of Christianity look very different and don't be discouraged if at your baptism, you know, you you were living a very different experience in your faith journey compared to what you're living now. 
Um, don't be discouraged, but rather let that be an opportunity to say, hey, what do I want to protect? What do I want to invest more time to nurture, to create and to uphold? What are the things that, yeah, I really do want to place more emphasis and more energy into in my Christian experience? Um, Yeah, so that's that. And then I just want to finish off with like rebaptism. There is this, and and I will speak just from what I've observed as being an Adventist for 20-something years. Um, If I'm totally honest, I feel like the greatest achievement that one can have in ministering to people that aren't Adventist is to get them baptized. If we can get them baptized, then, you know that's it you know it's it, the deal has been sealed not that they weren't saved prior to baptism so please don't get me wrong adventism doesn't have that idea that you know if you're not baptized seventh-day adventist then you know you're not going to heaven and you've lost eternity and you're not saved we don't have that but i think for each one of us to be able to say that someone has been baptized into the adventist message which is the biblical message so there is no distinction between what is in the Bible and what is believed and taught by Seventh-day Adventists. A lot of people make a distinction. And I remember my best friend saying to me, you know what, I don't know why you guys call it the Adventist message when it's in the Bible. It's actually the biblical message. And I remember when she said that to me, I was like, wow, I love that because it's so true. Like, if you're an evangelical, guess what? I can show you the so-called Adventist message in your Bible. And if you're even a Jehovah Witness, like if you're a Jehovah Witness, guess what? I can show you this so-called Adventist message in your Bible. It's not the Adventist message. It's the biblical message presented through Adventism, prevented by Adventists. Um, so there's a, there's a big difference. And so um, with this idea of baptism or rebaptism, I I have perceived that many people see baptism as like the ultimate goal for any person who is an Adventist like if we can get them baptized into the church then you know that that's it like we've 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 reached our goal or um yeah I feel there's been a lot of emphasis placed on baptizing non-Adventist people and the danger that comes with that is that unconsciously we can actually make people think that if they're not baptized then they haven't made a true commitment or if they're not baptized then that they've rejected God which I think is a really dangerous place to be especially with people who maybe have just come into the faith they might have never had any faith prior to this um but yeah, we seem to place a lot of emphasis on trying to baptize people rather than leaving people to be in a place where when they're ready, they're ready. Now, I totally get as well in saying that, that there are definitely biblical forms of baptism. So when we see Jesus' example, he was baptized in the river as a fully consenting adult who understood the gospel, who understood what it meant to repent. And so I do believe that when there is applications of people saying, oh, but I was baptized when I was a baby, um, that yes, there definitely is an invitation for people to partake of the beautiful ceremony that is baptism. 
with a with a very different understanding of what it means. Um, so I totally get that, and and I agree with that. I think that we definitely should invite people to experience it in a really intimate way by them making that choice and having that experience and understanding the context of how like transformative this concept of baptism can be for our Christian walk. That God himself is willing to purify and cleanse us from everything that we did in our lives prior to this moment. Um, And again, that doesn't come only at baptism. That comes like through our Christian walk. We can repent of our sins and we can be forgiven and cleansed for all our sins without ever being baptized. But Jesus still gave us a very powerful example in saying, I will be baptized. Jesus didn't need to be forgiven for nothing. Jesus didn't need to be cleansed of anything. But Jesus was like, this is such a powerful experience. This is such a beautiful ceremony that I I want to show you like how necessary it is regardless of sin. This isn't this isn't so much based on sin, but it's rather based on God's desire to be like you're mine. I'm here for you. Um I want to be one with you. Like oh, it's just it's so like oh, I swear like baptism is just such the concepts that are demonstrated of God's goodness through baptism are just overwhelming, like overwhelming. Um, So that application of people who were baptized as a child or maybe baptized without really understanding the full context of what that decision made, yes, totally invite people into considering the idea of possibly going into this, another baptism or a re-baptism, or some people would even say that that that, they weren't really baptized because it's not the biblical form of baptism whatever you want to call it yes definitely invite those people but then I also see there's room for people who have made the decision to be baptized completely understanding what it meant for them at that time and often we have this idea of hey but no you need to be baptized into the Adventist truth and because you need to be baptized into the Adventist truth or you've accepted Adventist truth hey you let's baptize you into that um I feel like we also have to be careful with that oh knock my mic out because at some point you can actually make their prior experience really insignificant You run the danger of whatever that experience was like downplaying it as though that wasn't legitimate and you need to do it again because that is then you'll fully see like what baptism is. I've seen people who their baptism from another denomination, which was baptism by submersion. So it was biblical baptism in the way that it was done. Um, it was honestly for them the most beautiful like moment in their life. Like it was really significant. And so when we're introducing the concept of rebaptism, of baptizing someone again, based on s- simply and purely theology, because they've come to new theology, and then downgrading their prior experience, it, it can be heartbreaking for some people to downgrade whatever decision they have made previous to understanding the new biblical concepts um, that we have shared with them as Adventists. So we have to be careful with that. And then also, I think as we bring about this concept of rebaptism, which we have biblical example, um, I'm pretty sure it's an Acts. 
Yeah, I think it was Acts, where some disciples had been converted and had been baptized. Oh, I can't even. It was either by Peter or Paul. I can't remember. Anyway, and so the question was asked to them, were you baptized with the Holy Spirit? And they were like, no, we we didn't even know about this concept of the Holy Spirit. We were just baptized by water. They were then invited to be rebaptized. They're like, well, go and be baptized in the name of the Holy Spirit. So there was this idea that, oh, you didn't have the full knowledge of what was on offer for you through baptism. Go be baptized again and now understand it through the lens of the Holy Spirit and the role that the Holy Spirit plays in the Christian walk. So there's definitely evidence for inviting people to be rebaptized as they understand new theology. But my my fear is that often we place so much emphasis on people getting rebaptized that it's not necessarily always what is necessary in every single application. That's why we will have we often have this within Adventism, which is called that we're accepting someone into membership. Again, this idea of membership and baptism put together when it probably should be separated completely. But anyway, we accept someone into fellowship, which means membership into the Adventist church, as a profession of faith. Meaning they already have a faith. They already have uh, been baptized. But now they're professing a faith within the Adventist context. And sometimes we downplay that, a profession of faith, over baptism. And I think we have to be careful with that because I think sometimes a profession of faith doesn't mean that a person is less committed or has less desire to be Christian or to have like a renewed experience. But rather they're just like, you know what, I've already been baptized but I do really want to make a commitment and a profession of faith to the new truths that I have learned through Adventism. And I think we have to give people the freedom to make that decision if they don't feel convicted that rebaptism is necessary rather than saying it's a cop out, which, you know, many people would be like, oh, it's a profession of faith because they don't want to get baptized again. I think it's a dangerous place um, to make comments and judgments like that. Um, yeah. So, why do we get rebaptized? I think we have to look at that, look at it in the essence. For me personally, as someone who was baptized at 16, and I don't think I really understood the context of it, but at the time I totally did. At the time it was something really special for me. I really looked forward to it. I was so thankful for it. It's a day that I will cherish for the rest of my life. But I will say that now as like a 37-year-old who has had a greater revelation of God's goodness and my sinfulness in my life. Like I ne- definitely know that I would go into that decision with much more reverence, um, much more respect and much more appreciation for God in my context. Um, will I get rebaptized? I've considered it many times. Um, I've considered it many times actually <laughs> from when I was baptized to now. Um, But I don't feel like I'm convicted to make that decision. There was one point where I was like really close to like, yeah, I want to be rebaptized. But yeah, I I don't feel like that's something that I need to do. Um, I feel like God in the sincerity of where I'm at in my walk, he completely knows my heart and he knows where I sit 
uh, with regards to my understanding of like how much he loves me and how much he desires for me to be like a dedicated and completely surrendered follower of his. So I don't feel it's necessary, but I also understand that there are some people that have really felt it necessary for their walk to be rebaptized. Um, I know people who have committed adultery and like, I need to be rebaptized. Uh, there are people who have backslid from the church and just lived like a life in complete. Some have been in complete rebellion to God and some have just been in just complete. Um, it wouldn't even be rebellion. I feel like it was just like disregard of God. It wasn't that they went out of their way to live unlike Christ, where some people have. They're just like, I'm just going to go live live my my best sinful life. And then there have just been people who are just like, you know what, I just, I don't know. I don't know how I want to live my life. And I don't know how I feel about God in my life. And so I'm just going to go do life however life comes. And that's, that's what I'm going to do. And they felt the need to be baptized. Um, depending, some people, depending on how far they've, they've backslid from God. Some feel very heavy that they need to be baptized. So we also have to be respectful to the people that, you know, really feel a need to be baptized um, and to understand that for them, it's really significant. As long as they biblically understand that, you know, God desires more for us to have like a heart conversion than like a public physical experience that then somehow, um, denotes that we are repentant or that we have made a decision to follow God again. Um, I think that's really important. And then I think, you know, when should we be baptized? Why should we be baptized? I think that that is something that as a church, we really have to reassess because some people won't get baptized because they're not ready to be Adventists. And, and I think that's a dangerous place to be when we as a church place Adventism as the mark of if people want to be baptized yeah yeah and if people aren't ready to be adventist like we have to be okay with that because biblically the examples that we see is is everyone was called to repentance and to be baptized they weren't called to repent accept the 28 fundamentals and be baptized and i think yeah within adventism we need to have that separation um have two different um, two different transitions. One is baptism. And then, you know, hey, what? You might be like be baptized for 10 years and then make a decision to come to Christ um, through, ad- through the Adventist message in the context of what you have learned. Um, not that you can't come to Christ without accepting Adventism. So don't get me wrong, I probably worded that um, not the best way. So after 10 years of being baptized, you decide that you want to be an Adventist. Then let us vote you into membership. Let us make that like, you know, uh, an opportunity to celebrate the fact that that you want to identify with the Seventh-day Adventist church and its teachings, two separate occasions, two separate invitations and two separate moments for celebration. I think that that is somewhere where um, I believe would be more aligned with what the Bible um, is, is actually teaching. Okay, so I'm going to finish up on that. I have no idea how this live has gone, so I'm sorry for the Instagram people if that call has <laughs> literally stopped our conversation at like 10 minutes into the live. Um, but I don't want to touch anything in case I stuff it up even more. So 
That's it. All right, bye, guys. Until next week, my prayer, my hope, and my desires. I stay warm in God's love. That you stay cool for Jesus' name. And may the Holy Spirit keep you on fire as you seek to make decisions for Christ. However they look and whatever they represent, um, may baptism be one of those. If that is somewhere that God is calling you, um, may you see the beauty of making that public commitment, just like a marriage. Like everyone wants to have a wedding because it's a public commitment that they're making to someone and it's a celebration where you invite those that are closest to you to see the beauty of the commitment that you're wanting to make uh, to your spouse. Baptism is the same. It's a celebration and a public demonstration that you have made a decision to be one with Christ. Um, So it's beautiful. So if you're in the position where, you know, you have been really thinking about being baptized, um, I pray that, yeah, this episode may be of um, some help, um, may get you over the line if if that's what you're needing. Um, But also it's an invitation for you to realize that, yeah, there, there is a more important baptism, um, and that is a baptism that comes through the Holy Spirit, which doesn't necessarily mean it happens at your baptism. Um, biblically, we can see that there are examples where people were baptized by the Holy Spirit in one occasion, and they'd already been baptized. So, yeah, um, however, wherever you're sitting at the moment with the decision um, regarding or information regarding baptism, I pray that, yeah, maybe this episode has given you a bit um, more to think about. Um, but, yeah, may, may you still seek to have that, that commitment sealed, um, however it is, whether it's in private um, or whether it is in the public way. All right, so I will chat with you all next time.